Hello guys, my name is Ryan, and I'm your host for World of Sports. Hello guys, my name is Ryan R, and welcome back to the podcast, uh, World of Sports. We release a podcast every Wednesday and Saturday, so make sure to check us out at anchor.fm slash ryan-richie. This is a place where we talk sports, and just in general of the world of sports, So today, what we're going to be covering uh, topic-wise are, um, one, Major League Baseball is coming back tomorrow, and um, two, the NBA, 364 players were tested for coronavirus and zero tested positive. So how are they responding to that? And also, the NFL Players Association, the NFLPA, they voted against having any preseason games. And remember, the NFL, they originally said, we want full fans, full 16 games, full uh, preseason, but the players vote against the preseason. So we'll take a deeper look into that but first the nba what a great job they've been doing let's go so yes you guys you heard me right the the nba tested 364 people every all the players that were in the bubble and no one tested positive and we're going to talk about how they nailed their plan so much and what other leagues could possibly learn from them and what they did right so first of all, so 364 players were tested, and the NBA reported that none of them have tested positive. When they arrived at their bubbles, everyone was under a strict 14-day uh, quarantine. Everyone, coach chefs, uh, players, uh, coaches, uh, reporters, everyone. So everyone was clear of the virus then, and then you saw when they... Uh, some Kings and Rockets players, they broke the rules. And um, the NBA, they just completely said 14-day quarantine. So that means everyone is queen of the virus. And they have been a great job uh, so far and just their policy of what they do. And they were listening to the players. Let's go back to when they first conducted their plan. They were listening to their players a bunch. They were making adjustments as needed. They were thinking about what the players would want, and they were listening fully. Let's take a look at the MLB, for example. Are they, did they do that uh, when they started? They didn't really do that. They kind of just, at the last minute, threw in a plan, and they're going to be playing tomorrow. In the NFL, what they need to do is, uh, for, there is the Colin Kaepernick situation and all of that. We're not past that. We are not past that yet for the NFL. But there is um, the reason of the Players Association. They're standing up and they are saying, we want to be safe. And there's no way that the players are going to agree to play a 16-game season with full fans, with full stadiums, with full traveling. That's what the NFL wants. And it's not going to happen. It's not going to magically disappear. Everything's going to be fine. And the NFL needs to understand that. And the players don't want preseason games. They want to be more safe. And J.J. Watt, he practically shut down the helmets with the face shields. Uh, everyone was going to have a face shield, which kind of sounds like a good idea. Everyone would be safe. But J.J. Watt said, I'm not playing, quote, I'm not playing if we were those, end quote. And that kind of shut down that whole idea. So the NFLs, they kind of played with that. But that's the only thing that they're doing to kind of 
make adjustments and kind of make this situation a little more safe. And the players are going to um, there have stand, they have stood up for themselves and they were saying, hey, we, we deserve a, a chance to say. And one thing, uh, if we uh, shift over to college football quickly, college sports, they do not have players association. So the players don't really have anything in themselves to kind of stand up. They don't represent really anything because they don't have a players association. So kind of what does that mean? Really, we could take a look at that. The players can't really represent themselves. So it's all the the head people of all of these conferences. And you said the Ivy League shut down Stanford, um, shut down 11 of their 36 sports, Pac-12, Big Ten. And day by day, it looks like the college football has a less and less uh, ch- chance to, co- to returning. And that is just because, one, everything is going downhill. And two, the players, they don't have a chance to speak. But college uh, people, they have a different point of view of everything. So what does that make them think about playing? And also, a lot of people are saying, just let's push this back to the the spring and let's have a college football scene in the spring. I don't know what they are thinking because all the good players, they're going to be getting ready for the NFL draft. No one's going to play in the spring. No one will. You won't see any Trevor Lawrence, for example. You won't see anyone. You won't see any of your good team players playing because they're going to be getting ready for the NFL draft. So I don't really see how anything could happen in the spring there. Other people were thinking about New Year's for college. Let's start um, January 1st. One problem that I see with that is kind of the same problem with the previous play in, in the spring. You're going to be going into the spring and players are not going to want toward, to play towards the end of the season. You'll still get a college football season in, suppose uh, assuming everything goes well, but we have no idea how everything is going to play out. This is still a big mystery. And if you do January 1st, you'll have people playing at the beginning of the season, not the end. And it's going to conflict with NFL. It kind of always uh, conflicts with the NFL, but it's going to conflict even more. And speaking of conflicting, the conflicts, uh, that Major League Baseball and the NBA, they're going to be playing at the same time, as well as the NFL. And we know who's going to win. We know who's going to win. The NBA is going to demolish the NHL and the MLB, just because it is. And speaking of demolishing, the NBA demolishes all the other leagues talent-wise. Just talent. They have the best skill out of any league that you are talking about. Men's, women's, anything. The WNBA for the women's, the, uh, the women's league for the NBA and they, the NBA and the WNBA, they both have sturdy talent-wise. Those are the top two teams in America talent-wise, period. There's nothing to say. That's why they are going to win kind of with uh, the competition, um, especially the NBA, because they, on, on a normal day, let's say the NBA had the same skill as the MLB. The NBA would still win because it's basketball. Basketball is more interesting than baseball for nine out of 10 people. So that's, the NBA is just going to demolish. And the NHL, they're lagging. They aren't a big thing in the United States of America to 
uh, to 7 out of 10 people. They're not NHL fans, so that's going to lag. But the NHL, they are starting their tournament on August 1st. And it's going to be interesting to see how everything goes out there because they're going to be in the Dakotas. They have a few playing games. It's just just as that NBA. Then they're just going to be uh, playing. And everything is kind of starting back. There are only two games tomorrow uh, when baseball starts. Baseball has already started. So the so there are some practice games, you could say. Practice games by meaning uh, practicing. Like, let's say the, uh, the Cardinals, they say, hey, we want to play the Braves. They play the Braves. They figure out what ballpark they're playing. They get an ump, and then they play. But here's one thing. With these games, with the Cubs, I was watching uh, last night, and this is just one example. And this is one odd thing. I was just shifting back between a, a few games, the A's and the Giants and the Cubs and the White Sox, a Chicago rivalry, and the Cubs. So you Darvish, we know, who was at um, Los Angeles. And he is you Darvish, but he struggled with the Cubs last year. So with uh, Craig Kimbrell, and they have some pretty good studs, but they did struggle. So you Darvish, he... Uh, the White Sox score five runs in the first inning. Five runs in the first inning. Wow. You Darvish, he pitches, uh, what, like 40 pitches, 40 pitches in the first inning. So David Ross, the new Cubs manager, he goes out and he says, hey, we don't want him to pitch anymore. Right? So then they just end the inning, just like that. It was really, really weird. It was really strange. And they just ended the inning. But that can happen because managers and players, they can say, they can monitor what the pitching is because it's not the real season. You, everyone says you play it as a real season, but you can say that all you want, but we know it's not true. You try to do it. You say you do, but you try to do it. And you don't always do it successfully. You don't always nail it. You don't. And you are trying to treat it as best as you can to a normal game. And the and everything with this new season, it's super weird. It's super weird because uh, you don't get warmed up as much. It's not the normal spring training. And you're going to see balls jumping out of the park. Do you know why? Because it's summer. We're going to start in the summer. There's going to be a bunch of home runs. If we look over at the Twins... And you have to check out this division review, the division uh, review that we did um, two episodes ago. And we looked at every single division in the NFL, NBA, and um, MLB. And the AL Central, that included the White Sox and the Twins. And there was a huge race for them. And I ultimately decided the Twins to win. So you got to take a look at that at a full depth look at that division. That was about 10 minutes in that division specifically. So take a look. And. I had the, uh, the Twins coming out of top. And if you remember last year, they set uh, a home run record, which I also talked about two previous episodes ago. The home run record for um, the most home runs in a season. And they just got Josh Donaldson from the, Brave, from the Braves, which makes them that much more better. And what I'm getting at here with the Twins is that with this 60-game season, and with all the home runs that they have, you don't know how much home runs, how many home runs they're gonna blast. 
and other teams are going to do the same. And there's going to be a close race in that division between the A's and the Red Sox. The White Sox, they have um, Louis Roberts, uh, a center fielder, a future MVP, totally. And I did not pick them to win the World Series in these first two years. In the next five years, they will be, they will go to the World Series. The White Sox have the talent. They have the young players. They're just depending on them. They're just uh, kind of letting their future talent speak. Not the talent right now, but the future that their talent could be. And their future talent from them is 10 out of 10. They have everyone that you need. They're a World Series skill. Skill-wise, they're a World Series team once in like two years, once these players just get into the blood and just get into the flow of everything. They will be a World Series team. And um, Louis, and going back to Louis Roberts, he's a center fielder, and the White Sox have like nine years on him right now. And I'm just watching him play. Unless you say, like, you got to look up some, you have to like watch this guy play. This dude is amazing. He bombs home runs. He speedy in the outfield. He makes spectacular um, catches in center field. He he, he slides. He he, he does everything that you want from a great player. And there were some comparisons that I have heard um, about him being co- compared to Acuna from for, uh, the um, Ronald Acuna from the Braves. And, for, and that is a really big comparison. And he is already being compared to big stars. And a little bit is that is a little too early for me to compare him. Yes, he will get there eventually, but just we can't be sure of that. It, you know, what I just said doesn't make sense. But you can't really, really secure that right now. He will probably be the talent of them. And the White Sox um, and their fans and everyone who says they're going to get to the World Series this year, they're just letting the talent speak for themselves, the future talent, not the talent right now. In the future talent, emphasize that word, future, in the next three years. they, um, In three years after this year, so in the next four years, they will make an appearance in the World Series, I think. Just not yet. Just not yet. Just not yet. I just don't think that they're there yet. But they are just ready. They're just ready to burn out. To burn out to just burn out. So let's take a look at the NFL. So the NFL, the Players Association, they vote for they vote for no preseason games. Um what else is going on in the NFL? This episode is sponsored by Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's simple, it's really free, and there are creation tools to allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. For example, you can send in voice messages from Anchor. You can just record um, straight straight from Anchor. And another really good thing that I like is they have music right in there for you. It will also distribute your podcast automatically to Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more, which I really, really like. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And it's everything you need to make a podcast, just in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. One thing that I had predict um, in the uh, in the first um, couple of 
division predictions in the in the in the um, NFL are the Bills winning their division. And the Patriots, we know they aren't going to be nearly as good. And the Bills are ready to take a step forward um, with with uh, with uh, Josh Allen. And how the Bills got here kind of is they started this season 3-0. And um, this is on the last season. And they got swept by the Patriots last season. And then the Texans. So now they're here. And Josh Allen, I am a huge fan of him. And he could still win. And he can still be he he is you cannot underestimate him. And here's that move, the big move. Stefan Diggs, one of the best receivers in the year. He is at the Bills. The 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 Vikings traded him. He had 15 deep receptions, the most in the league. Um, 12.0 yards, air yards is the target. The, and he has 15 targets. And um, Allen attempted a deep pass on 15.5% of his passes over his first two seasons, the highest in the NFL. And Diggs can catch just that right now. And they have Mario Addison, a de- great defensive end. And they've Ed Oliver, a defensive tackle. And three key games that they're going to be facing in 2020 that can um, very well determine how good they will. Um, um, Week three versus the Rams. So the Bills open up with two AFC East games, but the first true test for their defense will happen in week three when they play... um, to Sean McVay's Rams. On week six, the Chiefs. We know how good the Chiefs are. Um, last season, the Patriots um, uh, came and the and the Bills got demolished by them. And that leads us to week eight with the Patriots. And that's just going to be interesting. But it's going to be still be hard. We cannot underestimate the Patriots. They got worse. But they're still very, very good. And Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen is going to be really, really, really fun. It's going to be really fun. Two young quarterbacks going at it. So um, I think that they will be in. They will get past the wild card. I can almost guarantee you, in my opinion, that the Bills will get past the wild card. And I think that they could be uh, really good there. And I just think that they will get past the wild card and they will be a good team. They will be a good team. And I really just think that the Bills will excel in that category. It was a shorter episode today. But we have another one coming on Wednesday. And I hope that you enjoyed this little episode of World of Sports. I will see you next time on Wednesday. Let's go. It's World of Sports. See you next time.